0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that prides itself on great service and delivering you the vehicle that is right for you. They've been in business for more than 50 years and they have the largest dealership in Northern Colorado. In the car business today, inventory is scarce and new cars are harder to come by than ever, but Peterson Toyota has new cars coming in daily and they're supporting their local customers and giving priority to Fort Collins and surrounding city residents with that inventory. Come check out their new and certified pre-owned vehicles and Peterson Toyota's knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the one that is right for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canel Mesa with Michael Rowe. We're licking our wounds after a beatdown at the hands of the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday. We'll talk about the game and our experience in Ann Arbor. And then we're going to bring in uh, AD Joe Parker for our monthly chat. Uh, He's going to talk a bit about uh, the latest in CSU athletics, including the Michigan trip and the game from his viewpoint. Upcoming changes to game day at Canvas. uh, The possibility of... Thumb song returning, connecting with former student athletes and and much more. So, uh, but Mike, I was listening to the press conference yesterday uh, with Jay Norvell, and um, you know, very even keel. Says a lot of the mistakes that uh, we made on Saturday are correctable. Said it was a mix of mental mistakes, execution mistakes. He was asked about the seven sacks and and. Can you expect improvement from the O line. He goes. You know, sometimes when you have sacks like that, it's not all, not on the O line. And Clay held on the ball and took too many sacks instead of getting rid of the ball too many times. Um, that's stuff that he expects they can correct. Um, you know, he basically just said you can't make those types of mistakes and the, the mistakes they made across the board to to uh, when you're playing a team like Michigan and and win. So you know, I thought that. And I'm sure you agree that they did a lot of good things on defense. Um, Norvell said that they made it tough on Cade McNamara, the quarterback. He felt like McNamara didn't play very well uh, and felt that CSU had something to do with that. Uh, Michigan replaced him for uh, some series there in the second half with J.J. McCarthy, the freshman. Uh, he brought a different element to the to the game and the defense didn't really defend his running ability that well, but uh, they did. Force McNamara into making some bad reads and throws and, and Norvell said yeah it's so unfortunate we just didn't make him pay with you know with picks on those decisions so uh, he also said he was pretty disappointed in the special teams they weren't as sharp as they needed to be didn't meet his standards or the program standards so uh, a lot of a lot of stuff there where he feels like they're correctable and uh, he also said he feels like team will make a jump. I mean, there's a lot to be learned from a game like that against one of the top teams in the country uh, in front of 109,000 people for a game that a lot of these kids hadn't, you know, that first game in their career or first game in our program. So he feels like they can definitely um, take a big step forward as uh, they host middle Tennessee on this Saturday. Uh, You
1: know, I agree. I, you know, I thought our defense played really well. Um, You know, you look at, you look at their third down conversions, Think they were two for 10. Um, I know that they, they were two for 10 at one point, not sure why they finished finished up exactly all those media timeouts in the second half.
0: <laughs> oh my god, you know, when we're down
1: when we're down 40 44 to seven, having three media timeouts in the span of what 10 minutes. Uh, I love that tradition of them booing them because I was booing too, but uh, but you know, no, I thought our, our third down defense look great, you know, and that's something that we haven't done uh, as far as getting teams off the field. A um, lot, of, lot of things that we can improve on, like, like Jay said in the presser. Um, I mean, we can't sugarcoat it too much. We got our asses kicked. Uh, and plain and simple, we did, 51-7. to 7. Uh, Can't look at it too differently from that. But there's, there was a lot of positives in this game. I do want to go talk about the special teams. Wasn't sure what was going on with our punting. You know, I, I, I got to watch Patty punt a few weeks ago and and they worked on it. They worked a a lot on, on punting in the situations in that scrimmage that I attended and, you know, and, and, seeing him again last, last spring in the spring game, he can boot it. I mean, he's got, he's got. He's not Ryan Stonehouse, but who is, but he can boot it. And and it was just surprising to see us go into that rugby style because he is not he is not a rugby style punter. And it showed. I mean, how many times did he would run out to the side and, and punt it? And I mean, it's supposed to go flat and hit and roll. And it wasn't doing that. I mean, it was bouncing straight back. We were having to to grab it just to save us, save us some yards wasn't sure what what that was. I don't know if it was our special teams it, coach. It was you know,
0: in my opinion they, they were it was a conscious decision to keep the ball away yeah. from Michigan's returners and um I you know AJ Henning I think it was the guy back there. He's good. Um but it, you're right. I mean <laughs> I understand the philosophy if that's the plan but you got to execute it better because we gave up such field position too many times, way too many times.
1: Yeah. And and Again, special teams comes down to, to having athletes on the field. And I don't know, again, being overly cautious, afraid of that huge return or just afraid that their speed coming up the middle or uh, from the edge, getting a block on us, completely flipping it. But it's something that can be corrected. And it's something that we have a special
0: teams coach who can spend the time on it to correct it. So Mike, just, uh, I just, I just looked this up. So five punts, 175 yards or 179 yards. That's basically 30, less than 36 yards per punt. That's not going to cut it on the good side. uh, Michigan only was able to return one of those five and that was for 10 yards. So I think that was the mission. But again, I don't know if the trade off there was worth it uh, with the field position. We kept giving them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again. I mean, I guess you got to pick your, pick your battles on that in at, at the end of the day it didn't work um, yeah. so we go back to the we go back to the drawing board. I don't think we'll have I don't think we'll have to worry about facing a team with those types of, those type of athletes like we saw on Saturday in in Ann Arbor yeah um, I mean as soon as we walked out on the field you could just see that they were bigger stronger and faster. I mean it was the, the difference was noticeable even with our starters out there and their starters, um, it was noticeable, and I and I thought that we played well. Um, going with, back to what you brought up with with uh, the quarterback play, yeah, I thought that he was he was holding on the ball a little too long. But I also thought, and this is one of my uh, one of the things that kind of bothered me. I didn't think we we called enough, had enough play calls that were quick, that were quick hits. And you look at our three best plays on offense. Uh, One was an incomplete pass, but it was that quick fade uh, where he caught it, got pushed out of bounds or got knocked out when they went out of bounds. The touchdown catch. And then that seam route on the left side, that actually got tipped by a linebacker. But all those were just catch, you know, where where, uh, Clay caught, caught, received a snap and then fired the ball. It wasn't, you know, go through your progressions, find the open receiver. It was throw it to a spot. And I didn't think that we had enough of those called, especially on the fourth down calls. You know, with those, we know what they were going to do. When it's fourth and five, they were bringing the heat every time. Like you can't have something where you're checking down to your second second read when they're pushing our, our offensive line back into the quarterback. So I didn't like that. That, that was one thing I, I thought that we need to improve on. Uh, and then, and then the snapping, I mean, how many times did, did, uh, did we have to move to, to get the ball or is like a little bit over his head, a little bit down low. And I mean, that half a step, shit, they're on top of us by the time that he was getting his feet set. So, you know, Again, these are things that can be corrected, and I look and I and that's the negative part of the game, uh, from Saturday. And I look forward to seeing how we improve in those areas on, on this Saturday.
0: Yeah, Gardner was in his first, uh, first uh, time playing center there. I think he we saw it in warm ups. Uh, it was with my buddy John Ballard, we just kept watching him like five in a row that, that Clay almost had to jump for just in warmups. And we're like, Oh boy, this could be a, this could be a bad sign, but um, yes. you know, a, little, a little amped up, a little amped up. I think you're right. But um, your, your point about the, um, the quick hitters, we came out, I remember we got that, that to start the game, a three and out on defense was great. Get the ball. We, I think we picked up three first downs on our yep. first drive with just quick hitters. Um, I thought I, we were lining up quick. go. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sure it was a scripted, you know, first, you know, first series of the, of the game, but it, uh, after that, you know, I, I agree that there just was, wasn't enough of that. And then there just wasn't a lot in general with, with, you know, special in the play calling. I didn't think they took very many shots downfield. I can think of two, one was the touchdown and one was the, I think it was Tory Tory Horton that caught the passage, and had a foot out of bounds. Um, unless that was McCullough, I can't remember who it was, but, um, I had a few drinks that day. But it was um it that what that those were the two that I can think of. And I guess the other one he threw the, the pick um was probably what a 20-yard pass, or something like that. So and I, even I don't that was, that was he ducked
1: under and did a great job on that. I mean, people are gonna look at, at at the interception on that play. He did a great job ducking under the rush. He just he just missed the pass because he had somebody, he had somebody on a seam and he just he just missed the pass. That one could yeah. have been very big play. If he would have made, if, if he would have gotten the pass where he, where he, I think he, he gets those throws and he'll get those throws in the future, but he, that play, he did an awesome job ducking under, moving up in the pocket and, and getting that release. And I thought he did. That was, that was one thing that did impress me a lot. The way that he slid in the pocket, the way that he moved up, uh, But again, as soon as he would slide, as soon as he would move up, then he would hold the ball. And I don't know if he was gun shy from that interception early or not, but that led to a lot of those sacks. But again, that's something you can't teach as far as knowing where to move in the pocket. And I was thoroughly impressed with that
0: on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Norvell touched on those two. his two turnovers. Um, One was that pass. He actually said that, it was set up to be an easy read, um, uh, an easy progression, and he just made a battery. He threw, he, th- he threw an easy pick for to Michigan there, and then the, the basically what was a, what a strip sack essentially on that was that a fourth down. Uh, they just didn't have two hands on the ball, uh, and and that you know at that point that that was the dagger game over, no chance to stay in the game, uh, you know. So that was disappointing. Um, what I thought was a little strange. Um, like to get your thought on this, but that we went forward on four fourth downs. Um, we converted one, but the other three, I don't even think we got the pass off. Um, they were sacks each time. One of them was the strip for a touchdown. Uh, and then, uh, it, I, I, I know that he probably Norvell's looking at this, like we have nothing to lose to nothing to lose mentality. Um, but we had such a low percentage chance of picking those up based on, on the way that Michigan brought the house. We just said nothing. We were not ready for that, that rush. And it just, that was the game. I mean, all three of those were just daggers that were like, okay, well, that's uh, we are no longer, not only have a chance to stay in this game, but it's going to get ugly at this point. So I, I did you agree that with the thought process there to go for those? I, so I,
1: the, 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 t- the couple times I got to watch him practice and scrimmage, I watched all of our quarterbacks work on punting. I really thought that first fourth down call was going to be a punt uh, by Millen. It wasn't obviously. Um, but I think that's, I think we're going to see a lot of that where, where we're going to go for it. I mean, and, and just having, having that kind of gambler's mentality and against Michigan. I mean, you think back. We grew up watching Mike Tyson back in the day. Think about those guys that wouldn't fight; that would just cover up. He beat the crap out of them the whole time. Think about the guys that went after him; they got knocked out. You know, it wasn't as painful with the way that they got out. You know, throwing punches. So I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. You know that we went down swinging. We didn't. We didn't just sit there and hand the ball, hand the ball off, and try to sit on it and. And then hope for a great punt, just a runoff time. So right. it didn't bother me. Again, I thought the play calling, I thought you needed it to have something a lot quicker. Um, couldn't be a second uh, having having to have a, one, a two or three read. It needed to
0: be just catch and release, and, and none of them were. You know, there was just a cute couple of moments in that game that, uh, that went from – feeling like you had a chance to hang for a while to just getting out of hand. Well, the, the uh, you know, obviously the touchdown uh, or the uh, the miss pass that was just barely out of bounds. Um, that was a big momentum change. Um, not, not connecting there. Um, obviously the defensive score changed things, but then the, the, the other one was the Jack Howell pick that uh, got that overturned. And I actually haven't watched the replay of the game yet. Um, and they did not show a single damn replay during at the stadium which was really annoying yeah. uh but apparently that ball hit the ground um it, that that would have that would have been a great stand there i mean we 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 had three stops inside the 20 that forced field goals that was one of them but that one would have been an amazing turn of events to to get come out of there with no points and we had the ball so that so like you said i mean the d it's it's it's, it's almost weird to say that The D looked pretty good when you give up 44 points. I've seven of seven others were scored by their defense, but we gave a lot of rushing yards, um, but it was kind of a bend that don't break a lot of times in the game. The amount of times, you know, the amount of time that they were on the field due to the offense, not sustaining drives for a long period there, you know, and like I said, holding Michigan to three field goals, three times inside the 20. So there's some good things. I thought Mo Kamara had a nice game. Uh, I thought there was, um, I thought there was a lot lot to, to take away. I'm excited to see what they can do against not the number four team in the country and at home. So
1: exactly. Um, you know, again, and it's it's fans. Like you're reading the you're reading the tweets, looking at the message board, and, and granted, some of it's the same people that if we would have pulled off a miracle, they probably would have been bitching about it. Uh, they know who they are on on there well
0: no i know i mean but i know what you're saying because i i saw some stuff on twitter that's just mind-boggling i saw some stuff from former players like ej watson which was i thought was an unfair cheap shot and um i saw a shot by scott patchin uh as well and 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 then of course we have fans on our message boards that lose their minds sometimes too and i Look, I get it because we are all frustrated with the previous however many seasons, at least eight, you know, and then that one blip under McAwain before that it was bleak again for a long stretch. So we are all craving and dying for something good to happen. We're, we're so sick of losing. We're so sick of not even competing in certain games, but you also have to look at the situation here. I mean, this was, this was a tall order with a, 59 new guys on the roster a freshman quarterback a makeshift line um they're still in you know getting the, the culture in place here it's and you're going into number four michigan on the road who is extremely talented and big yeah. and, uh it, we, it was not a fair match and it was no one wants to get blown out like that by 44 points but Um, you, you got to see that the good that's happening behind the scenes, the good that's happening with culture, the good that they're doing within the community. And I think that the direction that they're on and the style of football that they want to play and the air raid, that it's going to be entertaining. I think they want to be physical, like all these things that we're dying for. It's not happening fast enough yet. I mean, but it's only one game. If we come out and lose to middle Tennessee, then I'll be right there with everybody and I'll be bitching and moaning, but, um, I think they still have a lot in front of them here with middle Tennessee coming. You should be able to go take care of business at home. Uh, And then let's go see what you could do at Washington state. I mean, there's a chance for you to kind of make a statement again, go beat a PAC 12 team on the road. Uh, And then all of a sudden we're, we're sitting, we're sitting decent with a shot at going three and one in league, but it's got to start this Saturday. and we need to see some improvement real fast.
1: And that's getting back on track here. You know, again, People forget Michigan was in the college football playoff last year. They are ranked eighth, and they're ranked eighth for a reason. They're good. They're ranked fourth now in, in this week's poll. What's worse? You know, you look at look at what's worse. What happened to us? What happened to Utah State, the defending Mountain West champions who went to Tuscaloosa and got beat 55-0? to Or San Diego State? Supposedly the the hottest G5 team in college football, opening a new stadium, playing at home, playing a team that has won one game in the last two years and getting destroyed. I watched that when we after after our game, I went back to our Airbnb, was watching that on my tablet. They got pushed around. They got beat up by Arizona. Arizona is not a good football team. And they went to San Diego State, and they beat the crap out of them. Boise State got destroyed by Oregon State. If we're looking at this in the big picture and we're taking off, you know, everything that we're mad about at CSU, those are worse losses. Losing to an Oregon State, losing to an Arizona. Those are worse losses than losing to teams that were in the college football playoff. You know, look at Oregon, ranked eleventh, and they got beat worse than we did. You think that their season's completely over? And just, you know, just seeing how how some people just pile on, and they it's just and they want to pile on. And again, it's on the board. It's 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 just some of the same people that want to do it. But like you said, like some former players that are just jumping on and being upset when there's when there's a lot of positives going on in this program and, and people aren't aren't looking at that and there's a lot of positives from Saturday's game and people. And I think the people that are bitching the most probably didn't even watch it. They just looked at the score and saw
0: 51 to seven. One thing I will bitch about is I don't like the fact that Dante Wright didn't, I don't know if he, if he's hurt, then forgive me or if he was on the field more than I noticed, but I don't remember seeing him. And I don't,
1: I don't remember seeing 22 on there at all. It,
0: and I, I don't know how you do that. Former All-American, uh, loyal to the program through three coaching changes, you know, sticks with this program um, after his second coaching change. Um, I didn't hear anyone ask it or didn't hear it addressed during Jay Norvell's press conference yesterday, but um, I, I don't think that's right. Uh, I know that there's a lot of receivers, but that guy should see the field and there should not only not only see the field, but there should be a package designed specially for him and we've seen what he can do. He is a force. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I hope that that was just a blip. I hope maybe there was something we don't know about, but uh, that guy needs to be more of a focal point of the offense. I hope, I hope it is a blip. I hope
1: it's not. I hope it's not his knees. Um, I didn't see him on the field at all when I was up there three weeks ago, he was on the bike almost the entire time he did some, he did some work, uh, during seven on seven air, but he did not, he did not participate in the scrimmage. I don't know if he's a hundred percent yet, or if if they don't feel he's a hundred percent or maybe he doesn't feel he's a hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know that his his family was there at the game. So I'm guessing just on that, although they're huge supporters of CSU, I will say this, they are huge supporters of CSU. And I I wouldn't but I still wouldn't think that I don't know if you, you make that trip if you know, you know, somebody's injured and they're not gonna see the field. Yeah. I will say this though. I mean, uh, a few people were bringing up, why, why wasn't he returning kicks? That would be the last place where I, or punts, that would be the last place that I'd want to see him on the field just because of with his knee situation. I mean, you think about how many times, I mean, they're running underneath the ball and those defenders are coming down and they're coming low. I, that would be the, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him on the field for that.
0: Well, we're going to have our uh, NIL partner, CJ Aniechi, uh providing his thoughts on the game this week. He's going to do a little write up here, uh, hopefully by Wednesday. So it will be cool to get his thoughts from the field level, uh, being on the field and getting his perspective. Um, by the way, we have, we have about almost $1,500 collected, which is awesome because this is just kind of our thing with a hey, Everyone pitch in 10, 20 bucks. We've had some really generous donations in there as well. Appreciate everybody doing that. Um, But basically where we're at now, we can guarantee to pay him, you know, 500 a month uh, through the football season. Um, And I know that most of the the donations that came in are just the first of uh, their monthly donations. So I know that that's going to keep growing, which means uh, we'll at least get to, to see this through for him, and and hopefully, if depending on how things grow, we'll we'll get other guys in the mix, uh, and potentially other uh, student athletes from other sports in the mix as well. So um, that is awesome. I really appreciate everyone um, contributing and jumping on board with this opportunity, and it, it's going to be fun with him. He's a good uh, he's a good dude, and uh, really well spoken, um, really smart. I think he's going to provide a lot of cool insights, and he's also going to join us on a podcast here coming up soon as well uh and then we'll do we'll take some some Q&As from from all you guys and and uh, submit those to him and he can respond to those as well so uh might just taking a quick look um I, I don't i have not broken down anything with middle tennessee um i know that they run the air raid <laughs> i know they run also a 425d um but they got a pretty good smackdown by Toddy Centeo and james Madison this past week um I mean Toddy threw for what How, four touchdowns and 300 something yards touchdowns. or something like that.
1: Six touchdowns, Six 250 touchdowns. and
0: 120 on the ground. So um that that's impressive. Uh and then crazy
1: want a coach that opens it up. Can can you know, for that him. just or dual threat quarterback can do, right?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, It just goes to show what a fiasco last year's offense was. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway, so my, I, I
1: watched a little bit um, Saturday night. Just I think they, it was on ESPN+. Plus. You think about what Michigan did to us. James Madison did that to Middle Tennessee State. A lot of confusion for, the, for their offensive play calls. Uh, quarterback not getting a lot of time to get, get the ball off. Um, on defense, I mean, they were getting gashed in the air. They were getting gashed on the ground. I I like this matchup. Uh, I'm actually crazy. I'm actually more uh, after watching us play on Saturday. I'm more confident about this game than I was a week ago. Um, I think I think that we have a lot to improve on, but I think it's stuff that we can improve on and improve on quickly. And I think we can improve on that when we don't have five stars at every position, four or five stars at every position in front of us, like we did against Michigan. And this is the, these are the games that we have to win. These are the games that going into the season made me think that we can win seven or eight games and get into a bowl game. And, and it starts, and it starts this week. It starts
0: on Saturday. Well, I'm looking to make some money back from the money that I lost uh, on the plus 31 last Saturday. So Uh, I got the Rams at minus seven and a half and I, uh, feel pretty good about it. I need to stop betting on my team because my judgment is very clouded. And, uh, but anyway, I do like the fact that I think that we're going to take a big step forward this week and, um, and we're going to see a little bit better progress with this air raid. And I I really do think the defense is going to be, um, going to be formidable this year. So, uh, that game is on local three here in Colorado, uh, which is also on Evoca TV, it's like a $25 a month service that has a lot of channels plus uh, local three. Um, you can also watch online. I saw a lot of confusion. How am I gonna watch this game? I don't live in, in Colorado, but Most of our games, if they're not on network TV, you can find on the Mountain West Sports Network online and stream it. That's at the the mw.com. Just look for the little button that says watch the the Mountain West Sports Network. Um, Or you can, if you've got Roku, uh, you could just download the Mountain West app. And this took me forever to figure out, but finally figured that out during basketball season this past year. I think you are the one that helped me. Maybe Mike, somebody did. Uh, But once I found that app and downloaded it, it is super easy and it works really great. So. Uh, those are your options to watch the game. Uh, for those of you out of state, hopefully all you in state are going to be there at Canvas. So it's going to be fun. We have moved, Mike and I are moving our tailgate to the intramural field uh, right there on, uh, what, what is that road considered, Mike? Uh, it's right. Hughes Way. Hughes Way. We right, right are running taking along our talents way. to Hughes Way. Taking, that's right. We're taking our talents to Hughes Way right there alongside all the dorms. We We, the we, we entered the portal. We yep. entered the portal, uh,
1: after last season and, and, uh, you know, we just, we're taking our talents here and, you know, we're excited about the new, the new setting. So
0: sitting, right there, sitting right there on the, uh, setting up shop on the intramural fields. Like they're moving all the Ram town and, the uh, the, the concert stages over there. And, and, uh, it's going to be a great center center point for, for tailgating and, and I uh, hope to see a bunch of, uh, Come on over. Uh Mike, Mike and his crew does a great job with his tailgate. So and there'll be
1: there'll be a banner up or a signage up saying Ram Nation. That's that's where we'll be set up at. So thank it's you. Supposed to, be, for- supposed to be good weather, right? Good weather. Yeah. Not maybe cool. not as hot as it's been. So oh, by the way, man, I went, I went to the Tigers Royals on Sunday. God, it was like upper 60s, a little drizzly. It was perfect football weather I'm like come on where was this on Saturday it would have been awesome on Saturday if it was like that
0: yeah I know we we walked around the Michigan campus and it was had a little sprinkle of times it felt like mid 60 degree weather it was awesome it was so nice I don't know why we couldn't have like somewhere in between that on Saturday but um, hey by the way uh, great job on the the event that you put together at the blue tractor barbecue, what a, a good crowd there. Actually, they had to like turn away people because it was so crowded. Um, and then the, uh, the alumni event later, right after that, uh, we talked to Christy Bolander, the uh, president of the alumni association. She said they had like what, 575. Yep. Uh, RSVPs for that party they, it was packed. That was a really cool event. And then the, uh, they had 650 or something like that for the, um, for the tailgate on Saturday. So it was just uh I thought the uh I thought those two events on Friday were awesome. And then the tailgating experience at uh in Ann Arbor was awesome. We were on the uh the golf course there and that is just really wonderful. Just just walking around on plush grass, fairways and tea boxes and people setting up tents on tea boxes. And only thing only the place that was like off limits were the, the putting greens that they had roped yep. off. But uh it was funny. We drove by the the course the next day on Sunday morning there was people out there playing the course was packed there were still trash cans piled up with trash in them like in in places like in the rough but uh people playing golf so it's it's amazing that they're able to do that considering I just got to tell you a, a couple of winters ago like in a, like maybe early December it was like 65 degrees I decided I was going to wash my car and pulled it onto the grass because I wanted to you know have the water go into the grass as I was rinsing off the car. And when I did that, I had two streaks of like dead grass for almost a year in my yard because of it. So I don't know. They, they have a, they have a nice, uh, horticulture, uh, team over there at that, that golf course that that is able to handle thousands and thousands of people on that course, as well as vehicles and trailers and tents and barbecues. It's, it's unbelievable. Did you see, did you see how many, Pop up porta potties
1: like camping toilets were at the tailgates. I actually did not. Gosh, I bet we counted, I bet we counted probably 10 from where we were tailgating, where we were hanging out on the golf course, uh, the corner going into the game. Yeah, just those little pop up uh, porta potties that you take when you're camping and you crap in a bucket. (laughs) Nope. All these tailgates had it. So I'm like, this is so genius. Although now that we're on Hughes Way, we have we have the bathrooms right next to us. So right there, which is awesome.
0: Yep. But it was uh I got a, I I, I gave the experience an A. I thought it was a, a blast. I thought the people were great. Um, you know, we weren't a threat to them, so they were super friendly. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of former football players there that made the trip. Uh, and then did the Ram walk uh, that Friday night, hung out with Jenny Kavnar from the uh, Rockies telecast sat right next to her at the game. Uh, She is as diehard as they come. And she was not happy with that first half, but um, it just a a great contingent of Ram fans that uh, made the trip. Um, And that just, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, it, win or lose it's the experience is fantastic and seeing new places tailgating in new ways, experiencing new beers, going to different uh, restaurants, uh, seeing new campuses, man. The Michigan campus is just beautiful. Uh, But uh, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent.
1: Yeah. Thursday night, Thursday night, we were at a a beer garden, man. There's probably 50 of us, 50 CSU fans. We had like four huge tables and all spread out. That was awesome. Great, great drinks there. Uh, and friendly people. And again, the next day, a huge shout out to Blue Tractor. They were awesome. Uh, Completely unprepared for us. You know, I gave, I always give a number between 30 and 75. It should be somewhere in between there. Well, they prepared for 30 and uh, we probably had 125 people (laughs) in there for that, but they killed it. Those, those servers were busting their asses and were awesome. And then again to the Circ and to the DJ that we paid $25 cover for uh at the blind pig. Blind pig. Dude, I think that was the DJ from the game too.
0: The DJ at the game was so money. I think it is the same guy. It was awesome. Uh that DJ was awesome. The DJ of the blind pig if, if they were they seemed like they were one and the same, but yeah they were uh that was a good time, man. We had a good time, went to uh, my, my brother and his old college roommate who, who were Michigan alums, uh, took us to a couple spots there as well. Uh, we ended up at a place called Rick's, which was basically all students. It's like a nightclub. We were like, what are we doing here? But uh, it was good people watching and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. That's so. And again, like you said, that's what it's about, man. That's what
1: it's about. and Being able to do this with your friends, with your with your brother, man. Yeah. It's good, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to, to Wazoo in, in a couple weeks.
0: Well, we're going to yeah. lean on you for, uh, for a recap of that, and um, yeah, but first of all, let's go get a win on Saturday, and uh, I can't wait for, for being back on campus and tailgating and, and all that, so. All right, let me pause real quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. This is a kind of a cool story here. Senior Sorveza who has been posting on our message boards for a few years now, he reached out to me earlier this week and said, hey, I'm in a bit of a pinch. I'm looking for a place uh, to host lunch for me and 25 other uh, coworkers. Do you think Ginger and Baker could host us? And I said, absolutely. Between all the spaces that they have, whether it be the cash restaurant, the cafe, the rooftop, the mill top, the wine cellar, uh, there's so many spaces. I'm sure they could accommodate you. So he, sure enough, he called, they got him right in. Uh, the next day, they had a great lunch in the milltop room. He said it was perfect. The food was great. The service was awesome. And that's just what Ginger and Baker does. So they've got so many other spaces there, the a coffee shop, a bakery, a teaching kitchen, and a market with great items. I really cannot encourage you enough to go check this place out. Ginger Graham, she's got a gym there up in Fort Collins. I hope that you guys will all check it out and support her and support Ginger and Baker. You will fall in love with this place just as I did. All right, joining us now is CSU Athletic Director Joe Parker. Joe joined us, what, a few weeks ago for our uh, first Athletic Director Q&A fan forum, Ram Nation fan forum at Ginger and Baker. That that was really nice. Uh, had a great time with him. Uh, and then uh, just a great time, uh, saw him briefly at uh, the CSU Alumni Association party Friday night. Prior to the game in Ann Arbor, and uh, just uh, was a wonderful weekend. Obviously, the game wasn't uh, quite what we were wanting, but uh, all in all, great experience for fans. So, Joe, just wanted to ask you, how was your trip overall? Um, and your, I guess, your highlights of the trip. What I thought was cool, as you've mentioned before, I think is maybe on Brady Show or maybe even talk, told us, but I loved how you said, you know, I. Got a lot of friends there a lot of people to see but i really wanted to treat it as a business trip and uh that's how you that's how you how you treated it so just curious how it all went
2: yeah you know it, it uh you know i had a similar experience to everyone that traveled and so proud of our fans that that uh made the effort to get there i know it's not easy especially with travel complications and logistics and just simply the cost but um it was just a business trip uh you know we i traveled with the team and did their their uh total routine uh we did have a chance friday night to get into uh ann arbor and did did see both you and mike and uh and probably close to 750 other ram fans that were at the Cirque bar that was a great alumni event that Christy and her staff put together and just felt tremendous energy i mean what a great way to kind of kick the football season off for the rams um, and then, um, we did have a, a quick dinner on Friday night with some of the people that traveled with us and a little bit of expanded group. So those folks got a flavor for Ann Arbor. And then we st- went straight back out to the airport hotel. We stayed at the Weston and, and then it was game day. And, um, you know, you said it, you know, results weren't exactly as we would have hoped. Uh, um, you know, it's a challenge. We knew it was going to be a test for this team, a huge test, especially to throw coach Norvell and a brand new staff and. 59 new players that are learning a new system into that environment. But I love the way the team responded. I love the way that they, uh, you know, kept the attitude that, uh, you know, this was a a chance to learn and, and they're going to integrate those lessons learned into the, in the planning for this week and would expect that we're going to see improvement. And, and that'll happen. I think week over week with this team, just the way that Jay and his staff approach it and the attitude this team brings every day, they, they really want to improve their, uh, they're, they're they're tired of the losing that we've done over the last you know five or six years, and they they want to change their trajectory. And so I think we're going to see that from this team, just grinding every day to get better with an attitude that uh, that creates enthusiasm and makes it easier for them to do just that.
0: You you traveled with the team. What what was your sense on the the mood, the mentality of the players and coaches on the way home after that? I mean, did they? shake it off do they know that there's still a lot ahead uh with coming just starting saturday this coming saturday and and everything's still there in front of them
2: yeah yeah i mean they you know obviously no one likes to lose no one likes to lose in a decisive way like that you know i think offensively they wanted to see more um but you know i think there were some bright spots you know they we, we uh you know Held, held Michigan you know even though they scored 51 points there are moments where our defense looked you know pretty stout against a you know a, a top arguably top 10 or even maybe top five team in the nation right now so yeah. um, you know but when they when they showered up and they got on that on that plane I mean it was all about preparation and focus uh, for what's ahead. the staff was already reviewing the game film and breaking that down and having conversations in flight about preparing and and what they needed to do to communicate to the team on on mistakes that they'd seen made and things that they feel can easily be corrected um, so you know it, it's it's all about preparation mode and, and that's exactly what they did with Sunday and yesterday as well
0: were there uh with the new staff and new director of football operations and all that that was the, the travel and the logistics as smooth as you would like or is everything was everything oh, good
2: no, those, those guys were buttoned up. I mean, I got tons of great feedback. You know, obviously, I know the Michigan staff and the, the, the people there uh, that greeted the, the team. And, you know, from an equipment perspective, you know, I think our our guys were were spot on with their preparation and readiness and incredible feedback from the stadium staff on on how well Tim Cassidy and Colton Bosnos approached their work and, and then the others that support them. So, you know, we, we've got a We've got a first-class top-notch uh, football operations staff that that mirrors and matches that of our football staff so i'm confident that that we got some unique you know some great things ahead and uh you know travel logistics went well um no concerns there whatsoever uh, sun country our charter partner did a great job in getting us there safely and on time and and uh, on on ground transportation with bus buses was terrific the hotel treated us well and You know, there wasn't anything there that we could point to that made, uh, you know, the the game day any more difficult than it was just what what we encountered on the field. Well, I know that the uh, this ram walk that we've heard about is
0: is reserved for the student athletes and former players as well. Um, So I'm not sure that you were there or whatever, but did you hear about it and was were there what was the general consensus from former student athletes on their experience with that?
2: Yeah, we went we went directly from the airport to Michigan Stadium, so we were not able to participate, obviously, because you said it, it's it's a it's a moment exclusively for the current team and past and former players, but had a chance to observe it, and and boy, it was it special. I mean, what a what a unique tradition that Jay has introduced to our football program, and um, Tom Ellers organized a. a a trip of a lot of former players. I'm not sure he had 30 or 40 guys that that spent uh, part of the week and then game day in Ann Arbor, <clears throat> and uh, many of them were there to do the Ram Walk. And feedback from them was, you know, tremendously powerful. You know, what a way to honor uh, the legacy that they've helped create here at CSU, and to be able to participate in that event with the current team is is really special. So you know, we we need to get that word out. You know, we had a great showing for Michigan. Uh, But we've got 11 games moving forward and hopefully a a bowl game as well. And we want to continue that tradition and we need it. You know, we need our former players to respond and be there and be present. Um, You know, I know it's a big commitment, particularly for away games and maybe even for home games, depending where people are coming from. But but you don't want to miss it. If you're a former player and you have an opportunity to walk that field with the current team, you know, I wouldn't miss it.
1: So. Uh, Joe, thanks again for jumping on with us. Um, The alumni tailgate was at the Ann Arbor Golf Club and outing. Great event there. Just great. The energy all around the golf course and the high school next door and then Michigan University golf course. Um, A lot of people, a lot of people were, were talking with me about, you know, we have this tremendous turf management program at CSU. We have the I.M. fields. Is this something that is in the back of our head as we move forward? Uh, Just learning the logistics of a new stadium that we'll see. And then when we go on these trips, Ann Arbor, Fayetteville, Tuscaloosa, um, Gainesville, do we take away stuff that we see and, and try to bring it back with us?
2: Constantly, Mike. I mean, we're, you know, we benchmark best practices and everything that we do, but particularly when we get a chance to travel and go on the road and, and, you know, experience these things and some, you know, a lot of people on our staff have been at other places that, that have uh, highly tradition programs that, that really, you know, um, you know, create a very unique and special game day experience. And so we want to integrate all those things into what we're doing. Um, and, and that's why I love it. You know, I mean, our fans, I mean, we had over a thousand tickets out. I mean, you saw, you saw what, what Ram Nation uh, experienced and, and each one of those people, you know, I, I hope they come back and they think about what they can do and what they can encourage others to do to make what we have here even more special. Um, Cause it, it, it just takes people and the community that you build around our football program to, to have that. And, and that's what I've been, you know, preaching for seven plus years now is that, you know, it, you know, me and my staff, the staff here that think about it and create, you know, help create the experience can can basically build the stage, build the platform, but it takes, you know, a full cast of characters, which is, you know, fans to make it really, really special. And every time I say that, you know, you're the web, your community of online people blow up and want to point fingers and, you know, scream at us and tell us, you know, what we aren't doing. And, and that's fine. We love feedback, but, you know, everyone comes away from these events and and they just love it. And it's just like, we can create the same thing here. If we do it together, if we just lock arms and make it happen. And I know, you know, for those people that listen to the podcast and participate on Ram Nation, you know, I I know that's, you know, they, they don't need any encouragement because they're part of the the group that's always constantly and consistently here uh, for game days. But, but no, we, we we believe we've got an opportunity to create something really special. The whole point of bringing the stadium on campus was to, you know, make it just that. Um, you know, you've identified the IM fields as, as a great place to, you know, a good platform to have some tailgating. We've we've this year we've moved um, really all of our tailgating epicenter to the Great Green, and and so you'll see some differences now. Uh, but you know what you witnessed at Michigan is. You know, decades of a culture that's been built and and a university that is totally aligned and making game days a platform to promote the entire institution. And that's that's probably the one thing that we need to take away and learn better. Um, you know, uh, we've got great cross campus partners, but but we need everyone aligned and realizing that football game day can be something that has a positive impact on the entire institution. You know, we still have, I think, voices on this campus sometimes that that want to spin negative concepts about football and football game day, and they have not totally embraced what football can deliver to the entire institution. So we need to continue to encourage people to see it that way, to believe it, to understand it. Um, you know, we've got a, a faculty staff appreciation day. Uh, with this upcoming game and uh, for, for middle Tennessee, we did the same thing last year. I think we have well over two to 3000 tickets out that are um, complimentary to faculty and staff. And we just need everyone to start embracing this. And, and one game's great, but let's make all games great. You know, so we need to make sure that people just start to uh, you know, invest, invest in the effort, you know, their little part, whatever it takes. Well, you did mention uh, the changes coming up to
0: uh, the Big Green and how the, that will be kind of the new focal point for activities Ooh. on game day. What, what will be the changes? Uh, Ramtown moving over there, concert uh, stage moving over there. Was that kind of the, the two big ones?
2: Yeah, the Coors Light Ramwalk tailgate is going to be moved over there. Ramtown, which is all the inflatables for the, 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 the younger uh, fans to enjoy um you know we've got uh a stage that we'll have over there with the the live music band and that's a collaboration with um 88.9 fm krfc they're a a community radio station here in town they book all of our bands so that'll be and and that puts the location puts it right at the corner of hughes way and meridian where of course that's where the team does ram walk so you know we're we're trying to you know, as we've talked about, as you guys know, we're trying to create these opportunities for fans to engage around the program and, and create community. So um, all of our, our, our program tailgating, the tailgate guys that are doing the individualized tailgates for our fans, I think we're up to about 30 or more uh, for this first game. I mean, all those things create an experience that, uh, you know, that makes the environment special and, and an atmosphere that, that everyone can be proud of. And, you know, we don't, you know, as I said, you know, much like the stadium, you know, I I think we built the best stadium in America. You know, we don't, I think we can create the best football tailgating environment in America. We're never going to be the biggest in any of those things, but, but I think, you know, if we get 30,000 plus people in this stadium and people tailgating, you know, and, and for special games, you know, sellouts and, and even more people that that come on site that, you know, don't go to uh don't have a ticket to the game, you know. Imagine that, you know. I mean, Michigan Stadium on a Ohio State game sometimes has thirty or forty thousand people that are outside the st- stadium without a ticket, tailgating because they want to be close. So, you know, imagine that we have a sellout and we have five to ten thousand people that are in the parking lots, you know, waiting for the game to conclude to celebrate a vic- victory for all the people that have been in the stadium just because they want to be a part of the community. And since that, so. That's my dream. That's where yeah. I'm at, guys. Every day. So
0: that's a good dream. Well, Mike is. and I have moved our, our tailgating spot over there by the intramural field. So we're excited about being right there in the in the center of it. Um go ahead, Mike. Oh no, I was I
1: was just gonna say, yeah, uh, we're excited to be over there now and looking forward to Saturday.
2: Yeah, you know, we've got overnight parking as well in Moby for for RVs. I can't remember, I think we're 10 or so-ish. So that's, that's a start. But all these things have taken just a little bit of time, more time than I would have liked to kind of get alignment on campus, you know, to get agreement to allow these things to occur. Um, but, you know, at some point, like I said, we've got to understand we have an FBS football program here at CSU and everyone needs to do everything they possibly can to make it special because it's it's totally beneficial for the entire university and in places like Michigan and other places that we've traveled in our non-conference schedule for these away games you know they understand that Iowa last year you know you you know you mentioned Florida and the two times we've been to Alabama we've been to Arkansas um, you know the upcoming games Texas all these all these things are going to be amazing for our, our fans to experience and each time that they do I think we, we all learn a little bit more of what we can have here at CSU. What, uh,
0: do we have a projected attendance for Saturday?
2: Uh, I haven't talked to Chris about that this week, so I don't know. You know. A lot of it is going to hinge on the students. I am so hopeful that we get you know, twelve to 13,000 students that just fill in any of the gaps that are created by uh, you know, unsold tickets. Uh, you know, and, and, it, and I would expect we'll see some of that. I think last week or two weeks out when we opened up um, the ability for students to go ahead and claim their, their digital ticket, uh, we, were, we were well over 3,000, which is pretty remarkable for that early in the process. So I'll, I'll check in with Chris. I won't have an answer for you today, but, but we'll get some information out before, before game day. I feel good that we should have a relatively good crowd. I do. I mean, when you see what the students have done with supporting volleyball and Moby, I think they're just they're, they're anxious to be a part of this and, and uh, you know, football game day. And, and you know, I, I saw the weather's breaking a little bit, so it's going to be cooler on Saturday, maybe in the 60s, which is amazing when we're going to probably see 90 degree temperatures consistently through the week. So that'll that'll grant a little bit of relief and make it a little bit easier for people to be out um, and supporting this team. And I tell you what, Jay and the team this week are going to get out on campus. Uh, They're exchanging emails with us over the weekend. They want to program some time in where they can get out and encourage students and others to be uh, in the stadium when the ball kicks off at 2 2 p.m. against Middle Tennessee State. That's
0: great.
1: Love hearing that connect with the staff and the students and just the campus and Fort Collins in general, something we haven't had for a while.
0: And
2: it, it's, it's not even just the staff. I mean, the team wants to do that too. They were, they were brainstorming some thoughts on email through the weekend about how they can, you know, get in the Lori Student Center and other places to encourage students to be there and support them. That's great. That's
1: great. So can you explain uh, the multiple viewing options for our viewers that our viewers will be able to access the first two home games?
2: Yeah, we, we uh, Chris Ferris has done a nice job. I mean, he comes with a wealth of experience from, from Pittsburgh where he was involved with all their external operations. And he's got really unique uh, relationships with some of the East Coast media um, consultants in particular. So that's, that's created an opportunity for us with e- Evoca, uh, which is a streaming service. And then they've done a deal with um, uh, local three, and uh so there'll be options for people to to watch uh both uh, the uh over the air broadcast and then a streaming option so you know that 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 and that's given us an opportunity to select the kick time for ourselves and and this group is providing a rights fee to the department modest but you know still some income and they're they're underwriting all the cost of the production so but honestly, Mike, the best way to watch a CSU football game <laughs> is from Canvas Stadium. And uh, we need to fill Canvas Stadium. And then it'd be great to start filling out the TV audience as well.
1: I
0: agree 100% on that. We, we've just heard some, guy, some, some stuff from people who don't live here. So um, they were asking about TV options. But um, uh, one thing that was interesting that I actually saw when I was renewing my tickets way back, um, and then actually purchasing purchasing some extra single game stuff was this terrace option, the coach's terrace. Do you know anything about that? Because I hadn't heard a whole lot of this promoted, but I guess you can
2: yeah, you know, food and yeah. drinks
0: up there, and you can buy like for individual games, you can buy add that on to your ticket, and it sounds pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, we, we've had it since uh since Canvas Stadium opened. So right above that, you know, on the west side, um, on the north end yeah there's that kind of notch out of the stands the seating that was an opportunity to create a um a patio so to speak right outside the coach's office offices um the wind there's a window line there that gets natural sunlight into jay's office and a couple offices other offices for the coaches but right above that there's a little more than 200 seats Um, The original stadium plan had those being bench back, but we ended up chair backing those seats and we tie those seats into uh, hospitality that we serve both food and beverage on that coach's terrace. The the first season, we were able to sell most of those on a season basis and, and link that hospitality to it. So effectively, it was kind of another club space. Um, and since then, you know, we've we've sold some on season and then probably the majority have been on an individual game basis. But it's it's a unique way to you know provide some an entertainment option that doesn't exist anywhere else in the stadium and and it's convenient too. You know, it's easy to just simply walk down the aisle and and and, and end up in that space. And and uh, Oakview Group OVG, who's our concession partner, they operate that for the food and beverage side, but it's a it's a good deal so we do a lot of uh, group packages we do a lot of reunion programming there um we've got a fraternity that's that's bought 20 tickets for for i think it is our homecoming game so you know it's it's uh, it's just a another unique way to entertain a group and and you know right now because it's not sold on a season uh, uh, sold out on a season basis it, it provides some flexibility to block some tickets together for folks
1: i know that tracy and i switch two of our porch passes to the coaches terrace so we're looking forward to uh checking that out this season
2: yeah yeah it's uh you know it's it's you know just one of the many different you know unique areas that, that, that are offered by canvas stadium i'd say the new belgium porch is still the number one yeah place for most i mean that that is the signature feature of the stadium and something that a lot of places are trying to replicate now, even by retrofitting areas in their stadium or certain like San Diego State with a new build. They, they, they put that in place.
1: Yeah, no, we, uh, we love it. We just, whoever's on uh, kid duty will have the coach's terrace passes so that Willow could eat. <laughs> cool. Now, comes up all the time, thumb song. You know, this weekend, Terry Fry. Sports writer here in Denver brought it up. Marty Linds, CSU alum, Denver radio host. He he brought up Fum's curse. What's the university's thoughts on it?
2: Uh, you know, the all this predates my history with the university. I'm sure they went through a very thoughtful process when they decided not to, um, you know, make any formal encouragement of Fum song during the game. Uh, you know, if you if you listen through the lyrics, you know, I guess there's some of those lyrics that that probably don't speak to inclusive excellence. And I know that's that's hard for some people to think through that and and believe that to be true. But um, you know, there hasn't been any conversation on campus about the possibility of bringing it back. And I know people look to me to make it happen. But institutions are about collaborative decision making and and um, you know, it, it, that's not a decision that could be made unilaterally by athletics. Um, and, and, and obviously, I mean, you know, chanting and cheering and songs in the stands, you know, can happen spontaneously. And if there's people that really view that as important, then, you know, I, I don't see the department making any effort to discourage it from happening. But for us to to prompt it, you know, I, I, I don't think just based on the the history of that decision and where we are right now, with with our def- desire to make everyone feel um, included in the experience, that it's likely that you're going to see the department or the university step forward to to say it's it's uh, it's a, a game day tradition that we're we're likely to prompt. Um, and and I know that's hard for people. I know there will be a reaction to that, but but uh, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, that have changed over the course of our society that are probably for the betterment of everyone. And, and thumb Song may be just one of those things.
0: A couple more, Joe. Um, volleyball team had a great opening night win, great crowd, good energy. I love the feedback from uh, the actual uh, UNC travel party and, uh, and what a great environment that was uh, and how great it is for the sport of women's volleyball, but, uh, and then uh, dropped a couple games since a couple matches since, but uh hosting CU on September uh, 15th. I know there's been talk about trying to make that the first ever sellout. Is that uh looking like a realistic possibility?
2: Yeah, it, it's been talk, but I think, I think we're moving closer and closer to reality. So if, if people have an interest in being a part of a historic moment in Moby arena, I'd encourage them to to seek out an opportunity to purchase a ticket it's going to be a special evening for our volleyball program and and uh you know hopefully a chance to to uh you know grind cu down in a, in a volleyball match which will be special for everyone who's there um you know and and in a year a calendar year where we we'll continue to celebrate title nine you know what a what a great achievement that will be for our volleyball program you know tom and his teams over decades have really done a nice job in building community around that program and so this will just be a, a point of culmination and once once you get one sellout, what do you want you want more so hopefully we can continue to build on that tradition uh, but it'll be a fun night and, and i encourage anyone who's a csu rams fan that to, to think long and hard about trying to be a part of that experience
1: so besides football and basketball we have three other programs in action uh this weekend how has the, the start been for all of our uh, fall sports?
2: Yeah, you know, cross-country was 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 up in Laramie. The women finished first. It was a small field of four teams, and the men finished second, so good showing. Uh, Wyoming, of course, was a part of that field, and they've got great cross-country, cross and so it's just a nice way to kind of get warmed up towards the season and expecting great things from both men and women's cross-country this fall. Uh, soccer's off to a really strong start. They've won three matches, lost one. Um, mm-hmm. Watched them yesterday uh, win over Southeast Missouri, and that was a 2-0, so shut out. That was a good good way for them to open up the, the, the home season. And then we've already talked about volleyball, but they they had, uh, you know, one weekend where they struggled a little bit, but they're back. Uh, they, they had they – uh, now we're 4-2, and two, so – so back to, uh, you know, improvement and and uh, just ready to roll, you know, excited for what football has ahead as well. Well,
0: last thing for me, Joe, I saw a tweet. Uh, I guess it was probably the day of the Michigan game after the game from former CSU running back E.J. Watson, um, who was a all-time great running back for us back in the early 90s. But uh, he he kind of said, hey, you guys need to bring – I'm paraphrasing here. You guys need to bring some of the, the guys from the program back when, when we were winning, got to mend those fences. There's a lot of guys who care, but they appear that, uh, but the feeling is not mutual uh, and relationships have been, been fractured over the years. Um, And they said the program needs to make it right. And uh, so and there was been some talk back and forth, like you got to start paying attention, EJ, you got to. Cause, cause the staff is, is obviously trying to change all of that. And he obviously had not caught wind of some of these changes that coach Norvell has done, has made and, and the, the ram walk and things like that. So when you see this stuff on social media or you hear these kind of things, do you, do you reach out to those guys? And then what do you guys try to do? What does the football staff try to do to get the word out about those initiatives, about the ram walk? Cause I did hear from a couple of guys that they had to, Um, really dig to to figure out more about how to participate in that but it's such an amazing uh, transformation and initiative to to connect with former players Um, it's it's frustrating that some of these guys haven't heard about it and they're still in their their old ways of of being disgruntled
2: yeah I I don't know how to how to flip that Um, you know it other other than what we do each and every day. And, and, you know, I mean, there's, I feel like there's never been a moment in my history with CSU where we've discouraged letter winners from being a part of what we have here. Um, and certainly coach Norvell has made it clear to those people that are listening that, that he wants them back. He wants them a part of this program. He wants to make it easy and convenient for them to engage around this team and, and for guys to still, uh, be missing that message, you know, just makes it clear that we got to continue to amplify it and communicate it and, and break down those, you know, perceived or what people might uh, think are real barriers. But, but, you know, I, I don't know how a program survives without a, its alumni being connected to it. And, and it's been clear from day one that Jay wants uh, guy's back and, and, uh, you know, at some point it's on them, you know, I mean, when the arms are opened up and there's uh, a welcoming attitude and you're doing things like Ram walk, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, it, it, you know, maybe, maybe they want, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I didn't see that tweet, you know, I'm sorry that, that, uh, you know, there's people out there that feel that way, but, but if they're paying attention and listening and making a, a modest effort themselves, they're going to see that that is not the case.
0: Well, good stuff, Joe. Uh, Really appreciate your time and looking very forward to getting back to Canvas here on Saturday. and, And it's going to be a great game day.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing everyone here in Fort Collins. So go, Rams.
0: Go, Rams. Go, Rams. Thanks, Joe. You bet, guys. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks to Joe Parker. Thanks to Mike Rowe. Thanks to all of you for listening. Time to get back on the horse. Let's go enjoy some campus uh, stadium tailgating there on campus. It's going to be a great, glorious day. Hope to see some of you at the Ram Nation tailgate off of Hughes Way uh, along the Intermodal Fields, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Let's go get a win. Go Rams!